This podcast is built on the idea that good is all around us and we can be a part of it in big and small ways. I couldn't be more excited to share more about Lindsay Sitkoff and Matt Windsor, two incredibly kind, talented real estate agents in the DMV, DC, Maryland, and Virginia. If you listen to this podcast, chances are you believe in evolving and growing. And why not work with two people that believe just the same? Lindsay and Matt walk you through from the inkling of finding your next home to signing the final documents and then doing it all over again. They make the process seamless and dare I say fun. Please head to lindsayandmatt.com, L-Y-N-D-S-I-A-N-D-M-A-T-T.com to learn more about this duo and head to the show notes to reach out. Mention my name, Catherine from the Your Good News Podcast sent you there. Hi, and welcome to the Your Good News Podcast with me, your host, Catherine Getty. Each Thursday, I'll give you the scoop on the good news coming out of Washington and how you can get involved with this thing called democracy. Welcome back to another episode of the Your Good News Podcast. I record this from a sunny and cold Washington, D.C. on the Wednesday after elections, and I may be a tad sleep deprived after staying up late to watch election results. This episode, as I said, is recorded on Wednesday, November 9th, so I'm going to give the lay of the land, which likely won't shift majorly in less than 24 hours, but I will in the weeks to come provide even more context on what happened in the midterm elections in the United States. Being really honest, this wasn't quite the map I expected we'd wake up to, given recent polling and the history of a president's first term, which I'll talk on a little bit more later. So today we have a special episode, an election recap episode, and I am so excited to give you a little bit more insights on what's happening in Washington. Overall, the 2022 elections represented a divided country with a number of issues rising to the top. From inflation to abortion to safety and security, voters across the country headed to the ballot box over the last couple of weeks in early voting or via mail or in person in high numbers. And like I referenced, midterm elections are often a referendum on the president's party. However, last night's result paint a very different picture of the congressional landscape. And while it's still likely that the Republicans will pick up a majority in the House, it is expected to be much smaller than once anticipated, possibly less than 10 seat majority. And for reference, the current House Democratic majority has a less than 10 seat majority as well. So it would kind of flip. It seems more so than we've seen in the past. Voters split tickets at higher levels, meaning someone voted for a Democrat candidate as the governor, maybe a Republican as the senator, and a House member TBD party. It's a newer phenomenon, and I think it shows the importance of candidates candidates matter. What they're talking about and how they talk about it and what their value system is really shine through in this election. The House, no matter what, will have a very similar feel to the last couple years. What would really shift is dependent on the Senate. And as of right now, as of recording this, it is basically anyone's game. If it becomes a Republican-controlled House and a Dem-controlled Senate, It will take some Herculean efforts to get pieces of legislation across the line. Not saying it's not possible, saying it's going to be a lot harder. They're going to have to work from the middle. 
if it's a Republican-controlled House and a Republican-controlled Senate, it's going to be really interesting to see what they can cobble together because they're going to have razor-thin margins, but they're also going to have these new members that maybe are a little more conservative than the rest of the conference, um, depending on kind of where they sit. And so what are they going to actually be able to get across the line? And oh, lest we forget, President Biden is a Democrat. So what would he actually even sign or agree to if the House and Senate were both in Republican-controlled and sent pieces that maybe were a little bombastic over towards his desk? When it comes to the control of the Senate, a lot of these races remain too close to call. Those kind of races that are outstanding remain Arizona, Georgia, Nevada. These three races had always kind of been the top either pickup opportunities or defensive opportunities. And it was really interesting to see kind of how they, how these races really showed up. In Arizona, there is a governor's race as well as these federal races. And it's kind of an interesting dynamic. I only bring up the state race because I think it adds a little color to what's happening for those federal candidates. Senator Mark Kelly remains ahead of his challenger, Blake Masters, but ballots in typically Republican-leaning areas remain uncounted. So this race is going to drag out for a few more days. In Georgia, incumbent Senator Raphael Warnock and challenger Herschel Walker remain in a statistical basic dead heat. And in Georgia, you have to win 50 plus one to avoid a runoff. It is not looking like that 50 plus one is going to be met by either candidate. And so it's going to be likely a December runoff, which is becoming kind of the norm in Georgia. Georgia is a little bit more purple, I would say, than it had been viewed in the past. And the last kind of Senate race that's outstanding is Nevada. So incumbent Senator Catherine Cortez Masto is 25,000 votes down to challenger Adam Laxalt. Ballots, though, that are in Clark County, Washaw County, which are really kind of Democratic strongholds, haven't been counted yet. So is this race going to tighten up even further? That's going to be remain remains to be seen. I think these tight races across the country will also add a wrinkle into leadership elections. It was expected that House and Senate Republicans would hold their elections next week, and Senate Democrats and House Democrats would be in the first week of December. That timing for House and Senate Republicans, I think, is going to now be a little bit up in the air. There are rumblings as of this morning that the House Republicans would postpone uh, their leadership elections because they may not have a clear view of how many seats they have won by. It's going to be so interesting to see how those leadership elections play out. And then also, oh, by the way, they need to actually fund the government as well as some other end-of-year packages, the National Defense Authorization Act. There's an FDA user fee agreement, which we've talked about in a previous episode. The funding and the FDA user fee agreements expire on December 16th. Uh, NDA has also have a end-of-year deadline. So Congress is also going to have to govern while dealing with a shifting majority, and it will prove to be a very interesting 118th Congress, which will start in January of 2023. That is all I have for today. That's the quick 
and dirty update of what's happening in Washington. I hope you have enjoyed this week's episode. It was so much fun to put together. If you haven't already, please subscribe. So weekly, you're going to have an episode of the Your Good News podcast. You'll get to know what's happening in Washington, as well as a deep dive on some key issues or things you may not have heard about. If you have a chance, leave a review, share with someone you know, share with someone you don't know via Instagram. Sharing this little podcast, the little engine that could, means so much to me. Reach out to me on Instagram. My handle is at Catherine Getty. Tune in next week for another episode of the Your Good News podcast where I will dive in even further on the control of Congress. Hopefully by then we will have some clear views of what is that going to look like in the 118th Congress. Thanks again for joining. See you next week.